What's shaking, cats and kittens? Rob Lee here for this month's presenting sponsor, Night Owl Gallery. Night Owl Gallery is an intimate, artist-run exhibition space showcasing the original paintings and fine art prints of Beth Ann Wilson. Also, it features curated goods from local artists and craftsmen. You'll be sure to find one-of-a-kind gifts, handcrafted jewelry, home decor items, along with a few vintage treasures. Located in the rear of 248 South Conklin Street in Highlandtown, across from the Sally O's, Night Owl Gallery is a unique space that brings together Wilson's love of the arts, community, and culture. Additionally, Night Owl Gallery hosts an array of arts and crafts workshops throughout the year and participates in community events, many of which are free and open to the public. So in this ever-changing world, safety is their priority. So feel free to join them and hit them up online at www.nightowl.gallery. Tell them Rob Lee sent you. Welcome to Getting to the Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee, and today's guest is a chef, Carlos Raba. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So, we're here. Uh, it's This is the first live, um, in-person recording I've done since February. Awesome. So, this, this, is, this is a treat. It's sunny in here. It's in this space. I feel like... Movement is happening in here, so good stuff. Yeah, yeah, good room, uh, good, good place to, to do it. I wanted to do it in person because I think a conversation flows much better, like one-on-one, -on -one, and I can see your face. I, I agree, I agree. I usually like to hide my face. I'll put on a mask. Uh, I have this, um, not the normal mask. I have this, um, what is it? It's, it's like a, a demon Oni <laughs> that has put that on sometimes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In, in the beginning of the pandemic, I was wearing that and having yeah. scaring people. <laughs> Yeah, man, it's, 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 it, was, it was kind of a beauty and, a, and, a, and a, I don't know, it was the mask thing. Sometimes you enjoy it because I can't see your face, but sometimes you miss the, the, the smile of people and the expression. Sure, absolutely. Um, I like to get away with laughing at people, too. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Did you see or talking at somebody and, like, they cannot read your lips. I mean, like, you don't, you don't, know, you don't know how many people know how to read lips. It's, it's a high percentage. Absolutely. And even when going out there and talking to people and meeting people and mentioning this podcast, and people are like, I know you from something. I was like, oh, yeah. it's this. They can't read your lips, so they don't do the connection. They're like, what'd you say? And I yeah. do move the mask a little bit and say it. Um, but we're here for that podcast. I want to talk about your background. You have an interesting background, sir. So let's get into it. Describe your work. Describe why we're, we're doing this right now. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, um, I guess I'm a passionate person. Um, I love I love cooking. I love people. Um, I um, I'm a very passionate guy in jiu-jitsu as well too. I'm a black belt under uh, Vicente Junior, and I'm a chef and owner of uh, Clavel, which is a taqueria and mascaleria in Remington. So I mean, I try to do the best that I can in what I do, man. And 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 I think my passion, my drive, has talks to what I do. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I see the work I've been following you on the on the gram, and I was like, ah, these, this, oh, look at that monster right there. <laughs> and, and, I, and I've had the, um, I've been trying, I've been trying to get into the drink game. I, I'm obviously nowhere near it, but I, this is the best piece of it, not advice, but um, I guess acknowledgement that I got. So my, my partner, my girlfriend, loves the margaritas here. Yeah. And she was like, yours are headed towards Clavel's, but that's about it. She's like, you're not quite there, but you're headed in the right direction. Yeah. Who doesn't love a good margarita, man? I mean, this place has one of the best, if not yeah. the best that I've had. It's yes, sir. Pretty good. Um, so I want to talk about um, 
the type of cuisine that's that's here and how that is distinct from other quote unquote Mexican food that you'll you'll get. Well, um, Mexican food is very diverse. Um, a lot of a lot of people don't know the the separation between southern Mexican food and northern Mexican food. I'm from the north. Um, so on the north, you see a lot of seafoods, a lot of meats. On the south, you see a lot of grains, beans, uh, corn. Uh, Mesopotamia to the center of Mexico grew. Up north, it didn't go that far, you know what I'm saying? So it's different cuisines. Uh, but how is it different? Um, well, my, my grandfather was from uh, the south of Mexico. My grandmother was from the north of Mexico. So I got exposed to both of them, but not, not too much of the southern cuisine until, oh, I opened Clavel, and Lane had the, the passion with uh, Mezcal in the south of Mexico. That's when I started traveling to Mexico. And, um, and also with the knowledge of my family, having the recipes from my grandfather in Yucatan and stuff like that. So it's been a mix of everybody and, and, and probably the, the something that influenced and made me proud of of, of Mexico was me leaving the country and missing it. So I embraced that when, when, when I realized what I was missing living for 17 years in the United States or, I don't know, 15, 14, whatever it is, I always missed it. So it made me embrace more of the culture. They say that you don't miss something until, until you, you don't have it, and yeah. it's 100% true, man. I couldn't go to my country for 10 years, and, and the only way that I, that I had when I was like in college and, and high school with my friends to embrace them, it was the way that my family embraced me by cooking. So, so yeah, it's very different because I think I do it. I never went to a culinary school, but my culinary school was my, my house and my surroundings. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just pure, proud Mexican cooking. So, so in it, um, what is it, uh, Sinaloa? Yeah, I'm from Culiacan. Yeah, from I was born in uh, Mexico City, uh, and then my mom moved us to Culiacan, Sinaloa, mm -hmm. which uh, she had her family after we had a, a family there, the death of my father. We moved to Culiacan, Sinaloa, uh, where I I stayed there for probably until I was 16, and then I moved to to Tacoma Park as a political refugee. Gotcha. And, uh, long story, uh, but but yeah, I was uh, uh, born and raised by by my mom and. Um, four aunts and my grandmother. It was it was it was a it was a blast. Uh, it was a lot of love. Uh, I think that's another reason why I embrace cooking because all my aunts cooked and they have people helping them cook. And my uncles used to get outside and and drink a lot of beer and make ceviches <laughs> and make carnes asadas. So they started from noon with a ceviche, peeling the shrimp, and he went to two in the morning with a carnesada and music and then playing the guitar, singing to boleros. So, wow. so yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty amazing. I was pretty, I was very privileged as a Mexican uh, um, to have uh, the exposure of that and, and, and to have that kind of love, man. That sounds amazing. As you described, it sounds like a blast, actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, now, this, this might be controversial, but I don't think it is, because I, I, I like to get to the truth, pun intended, on this podcast. But um, so what are your, your thoughts, your observations, being, being someone that's, that's Mexican, you, you, you're, you're, you, you have a relationship with the food, you've cook, you cook the food and all of that, and then you come here and you see people doing things that you're like, that's not how you do that. That's not how you make that. This is not how this dish is made. Um, one thing that I recall 
you know how we have these crazes here, right? Like beginning of the pandemic, everyone was making bread. Now everyone has their version of what is it, Berea? And it's like, that's not how that's done. I'm a snob, so I mean, I'll take the heat, but I want to get your take on that. I mean, uh, my take on it that uh, everybody is able to be creative uh, their own way. Everybody can embrace any culture if they respect it. But there are boundaries to stuff, and there are stuff that you have to respect, and, and the cultural stuff too. And 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 it doesn't mean that you cannot do it. But if you do it, do it with respect, and you actually take the time to know what you're doing and study what you're doing, and actually knowing the background, knowing the flavors, know know why you're making it. Uh, I mean, the whole thing with 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 the nixtamal. Um, um, I I didn't know any about it uh, at the beginning when I when I opened Clavel. Lane was the one who's like, hey, Nick Stamal. I was like, what? It's like, I had the tortilla already made when I was in Mexico. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I never saw this whole process. I know it was made from corn, but I didn't want to do something just right away. So it was, it was a lot of getting used to it, starting it, having a passion, you know what I'm yeah. saying? So, so having a drive so you can make it better when you, at the time you're going to do it, you have that passion and that drive and you don't have the knowledge of the product. So. What do I think about it? If you want to interested, like for example, in Mexican culture, study it, uh, learn it, love it, and, and you really love it, embrace it, project it in your food if you want to do Mexican food, but do it with respect. The same thing that I will do if I want to do a Japanese or if I want to do uh, something Chinese. I, I want to embrace the culture. I want to see the coexistence they has with my culture. How can they embrace each other? And then project it to my best abilities with the respect and, and, and my abilities of cooking and expressing myself through a dish. That's, that's a key point right there, the respect component and taking an account that this may not be your thing. It doesn't mean it's a border. It doesn't mean it's a boundary. It doesn't mean it's a gatekeeper or anything along those lines. You can do it, but at least pay your dues <laughs> ultimately. Because, uh, you know, I, 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 the things that I like, I really like. So I'll try it. Someone's like, you got to try this. I'm like, all right, cool. Let me, let, me, let me try that. I try to be relatively adventurous in, in what I try to eat. And there are certain things I'll talk to people when it's very specific cuisines and it's like, that's not what's in that yeah. or, or that's yes. not in there. And as, as a person that is visiting and is passionate about food, I'm like, come on, guys. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, uh, you can, in, in this pr perspective that I have, creativity allows you to, to, you can use different ingredients, you can change it, but you can have something that is similar, it creates the same relation of a plate and the person, or a feeling that is the plate that you're doing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, uh, of, of, for example, I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of, of raw fish, and, and I talked about Japanese. One of the greatest things that I would like is, and I'm studying fish, and how fish does raw, and how, it has effects with lime, other citruses, because I want to be educated, but yeah. who does it better like that? I think Mexicans, Japanese people, man. So, so I want to get exposed to people that know that uh, so I can embrace a culture. And I do it because I embrace a culture, you know? So it's for me, like nothing cooler than like Japanese culture, like samurais, stuff like that. Back in the day, so much honor, so much stuff yeah. like that. So precise and so much technique that is like, how the fuck can you not <laughs> embrace that, man? It's like so beautiful. I mean, so. I have one Japanese-oriented tattoo and I'm having another one done on Tuesday, so we, we're on the same page. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, so yeah, I mean, other people, respect goes a far, yeah. long way, man. I tell that to my to my kids and, and, and I think when you're respectful and, and humble, I think it was, uh, humble is hard, but 
about, about the respect. That just just respect people, respect cultures, and, and don't do to others like what you don't want to get done to you. Yeah, lead with it. Lead with that respect. And, you know, as you're getting that, it'll, give, it'll get you a long way. Yeah. It'll get you a yeah, long no. way. Yeah, I agree. You'll, 100%. You'll, you'll have people that are like, hey, man, you know what? I would do it this way. And then suddenly you've learned something that you wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Yeah, walk the walk and talk the talk, man. Absolutely. Uh, so let's see, let's see. Um, is So stepping back, um, was there a specific meal or experience? And you, you touched on it a bit, but was there a specific meal, I guess, that really said, you know what, I need to, I need to go into this direction. I need to go into to doing food as, as a profession. No, um, I, a meal, no, but I, I think of food as memories, as, as stuff that bring me back to a place. Look, um, I was just talking to my wife about Ratatouille and how Gustav goes and critiques the, the plate and the first bite of he has of the Ratatouille. He opens the door and it's his mom uh, cooking the Ratatouille for him and he embraces how he was a kid and how he tastes on just a bite, you know what I'm saying? So that's, I think I just got shivers. It's, it's, it's a beauty, I mean, um, I, don't, um, I don't remember meals, but I remember gatherings, I remember one-on-one uh, -on -one breakfast with my with my grandfather, my grandmother uh, serving us breakfast and having a conversation with him about hot sauce, having a conversation with him about jockey, jockey eggs. Uh, uh, so those are the things that that bring me memories. Uh, breakfast a lot, eggs. Uh, gatherings with a lot of people, a lot of hens in one table, uh, ceviches, fresh stuff that you prepare right there when you're having conversations. Uh, so I'm a very gathered person and, and I think food is memories and, and most of my memories great memories contain food on it or a gathering of food with it. I mean, obviously for me, the, the same applies. I mean, you don't, you don't get to be 6'4", 300 pounds if you <laughs> haven't had food in your life. Um, and yeah, definitely, it, it, it's a connection tool. It's, I, I think it's, and, and, and I don't know if you agree, but I think it has to do in part with the senses that it hits. Like food, just it tastes, right? Smell and, and look, it hits all of those different things. And I just know, what if I smell something, it immediately takes me back to like, oh, this holiday when my mom made these cookies or um, fish fries at home. It's like, oh, frying a lake trout or making salmon cakes. And it's like, wow, this reminds me of the past. The sense, the sense of, uh, I mean, the, the sense of smell and, and, and taste, it can trigger so many, so many senses in your body. You know what I'm saying? Is it there a pleasure, either disgusting ones or really good ones? Uh, uh, I remember um, I used to have a teacher on, um, well, it was in middle school, a uh, really nice guy, man. One of my, he used to impersonate Popeye, like the marinara. He used to make the boys, and I was like six years old, man, but he used to have a fragrance. Yeah. And it was like an ex fragrance from the 1980s, man. And when, sometimes I can smell it from like <laughs> miles. When I go to Mexico, it's like, oh, my teacher smells like that. You know what I'm saying? So it's stuff like that that it just triggers your memory. It's like, it's amazing. Uh, uh, flower smells. Uh, I, um, I remember my grandmother had flower smell or seen some flowers sometimes. So yeah, man, it's, 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 it's amazing as humans. What, what do we have and what do we sometimes don't appreciate that like we start smoking and like the sense go away or like we start just uh, abusing our body and our senses little by little and then as you go get, away and as yeah. you get older your, your senses are they're, they're damp and they're dulling 
I, I remember I remember one of my buddies and I, we went to, and it's not a good trip per se, but we went to um, Long Beach and I think uh, you may have hit like some really shady motorcycle area, but I was like, <laughs> we're in LA, we're in this area. I was like, we gotta have Mexican food, right? So we ended up going to get like burritos from this one place. And I was like, I don't know if we're gonna get out of here, but this is gonna be a damn good last meal. And it, the, the burritos were enormous. And I was like, all right, this is gonna be partially breakfast and all of this. And I, now I know if I go back to Cali, which is part of a, a trip that's coming up, that I'm gonna look for those damn burritos. <laughs> because yeah. oh, just, I know it's blasted, I remember it. And um, yeah, I just wanna recapture like that experience. Yeah, man, it's just, just memories. So, Hmm. It, it, so this is still food related, though. Uh, is there a dish, past or present, that was particularly challenging for you, or 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 any element within a dish? Well, uh, depends of what you're saying, um, because I, it's just very different what I do for cooking. Okay, um, what I do in Clavel are slow braising meats, slow cook, which which it has to take. It takes a lot of consistency and it takes a lot of uh, determination, a lot of communication with my cook. Uh, so running an a, a operation like the Clavelis is challenging because um, as you and I talk about memories, yeah. I want the person to come and have my taco and embrace Clavel for the first time. Yeah. I want to have the same experience with my food every single time or better you know what i'm saying i will never want them to go and say you know what it wasn't as good or or it used to be better i always want to take them back to the same place of the memory they were like god man this mexican restaurant in fucking baltimore is the is the shit so that's challenging that's challenging it's challenges because you have to project um your leadership skills not only as, as a cook but as a chef and as you grow is less of a cook and more of a chef of a leadership role you know what i'm saying so so it, it's challenging being a, being a leader it's challenging uh, uh, i cook no but no because i enjoy cooking a lot it takes me to to a sand place when i'm in the kitchen by myself when i'm butchering uh but right now sometimes it's hard to have that same place when 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 you need you you can you know an octopus you requires of your people <laughs> and yeah and your people and your people have to embrace you respect you so you can then project yourself on a bigger scale to the people who sit in your food at a table i don't know if i make sense no no you, you, it makes sense like and so the challenge is maintaining that that same quality that memory that connection of like let me get this right every time every time make sure that, that you come because people come because they enjoy a place okay uh yeah you can go to a place that is hipped but you you're not gonna enjoy and the and the hip is gonna go away but a place that is delicious you will go happy to go all the time the a place that you can sit down have a beer, wait for your drinks, have another taco, have a beer, and you embrace it, you're like, man, and you go home, and you're like, man, that was a good night, or man, oh, that was a good good lunch. Uh, those are the places that I like, those are the restaurants that I like to go, those are the, those are the place that I wanna have, and that's the experience that I wanna have as a, as a client of a restaurant, and that's the same experience I wanna give somebody when it comes to, to our place in Clavel. Absolutely. That's one hundred percent there. And as a person like me, I, I pay attention to. It. I'm not a food blogger and all of that different stuff. And as I, I think touched on what I, you know, I didn't even mention it. I like what I like. So my thing is, if I go to a place, you can ask Chris from sophomore. 
I get the same thing every time where they're like uh, him and his ice Cuban or whatever he's having. And if I go to a, a restaurant, it's like I'm likely going to get the same thing. And I, I'm looking at it. It's like, OK, this is a little off today or or something along those lines. Or in part of it is having no sessions. So like I did a cupping with Chris to understand coffee better so I can have a better relationship with it. So if I go somewhere and sophomore's not around, right? then I still can make an educated choice of what thing I'm gonna drink. So that, that's what I take from it. So I would imagine the same thing would apply to you and I, if I'm like, hey, so what, what do I need to get here? What am I'm, I looking I'm, for here? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm very proud to, to what we accomplished in, in, in Clavel. I mean, Clavel, we started six years ago. There were, there were a couple of taquerias, you know what I'm saying? In, in Baltimore, it was taqueria Sinaloa and Cinco de Mayo and, and other ones, but, but they weren't, I mean, they're good, they're original, but, but I'm very proud that, that, that we were honored to reach other spectrums of Baltimore and then with the time embrace the whole city, you know what I'm saying? Embrace the whole city and people from the outside the city. So, so I'm, 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 I'm happy, I'm very happy that like you can come with come tacos, man, come with our margaritas. So, so now it, it brings me to a question because you, you, talked, you talked about beer earlier a little bit. We're going to talk about that. Um, so I, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the brief, brief details. So um, my brother is, is married to a great Mexican woman or what have you. And um, so it was one trip. <laughs> my other brother and I, we both uh, maybe did a little bit of too much of that. And, uh, and we drank a little too much. <laughs> so we had the, the craziest hangover. And my sister was like, oh, we need to go get tacos. <laughs> We need to go tighten this up. And, um, and it was just this wild drink that popped up. So talk about that, that relationship with having uh, either a good taco or something from, from a Mexican restaurant and that relationship with having the beers and that social gathering, what that looks like. Because that's what we got in trouble with. A lot of drinking. Uh, we had the, what is it, uh, Menudo? We, we, had, we yeah. had the whole situation. I mean, um, the embracement of uh, how could why do I embrace drinking? Do I embrace drinking? Yes, I do because I'm, I'm a very social guy, and I like well beer. I'm a beer drinking because of the city that I'm from, Culiacán, Sinaloa. You drink beer, you drink Caguamas, 40s, because it's hot, man. It's goddamn hot. It's 111, and you don't want nothing better than a cold beer. You know what I'm saying? Fair, so, yeah. so where it comes is cultural. When you see your uncles hanging out with their other uncles and their friends having buckets of beer and then you want to grow up having buckets of beer because it's hot, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a sense of gathering. Um, beer is always, it's always, it's always been refreshing. Uh, one of the beers that I enjoy the most is after training jiu-jitsu. Uh -huh. so, so it's like I do a massive class here or, or a class somewhere else and I go home and have a beer and it's just an enjoyment. It's the same thing with food, taste. What do you, you drink? I'm gonna tell you it's gonna take me to my childhood because I wasn't drinking when I was a child. <laughs> but, <laughs> but but I'm gonna tell you that, that yeah, it takes me when I drink a Pacifico. It takes me back when I was 16 drinking a beer with my homies in, in Mazatlan. So oh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 it's it's a it's a kind of embracement of cultural embracement. Like the Germans drink their beer, Mexicans drink their beer, Americans drink their beer, man. It's just very, it's very cultural. So, so, so yeah, it's just, you have to embrace it as, as, as food too, because it's a part of, of just tasting, smelling. It's, it's that experience. Like people enjoy wine, 
people every everything takes passion and and, and, and and dedication to do a good product so if you have a good beer embrace it yeah well we we do the thing literally on the weekends it's like it's wine and beer wine and beer rose and i'm i'm a snob and i get the whole like oh because like i'll go to like wine source or something right and I'll be in there for like 20 minutes, just like, hmm, what beer am I gonna get? That, that, that's because I wanna make the right decision. So what I'll do is I'll get my standards, I'll get like a Gangling, I'll get uh, a Guinness Blonde, I'll get something on those lines, right? Oh, you're fancy. I, I, I drink Natty Bowes in the Pacifico <laughs> and a little mezcal. <laughs> or or if, I'm, if I'm feeling really fancy, I'll go Japanese and I'll get the, um, the Hitachino Nest, which is fire. And, and with it, I, I kind of like those Belgian beers. I like those lagers. And, um, but every now and again, I like to get something that's a little exotic. Ooh, sours. See, mm. sours haven't brought me in. I need to find a good sour I, then. I'm, 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 I like sours. I, um, I, I, I go to Wet City a lot, and, and they have uh -huh. the fruity sours, man. Some of the beer people are like, oh, man, that's not a beer. That's like syrup with alcohol. Like, but I like them. I like uh, when they like uh, blueberries, raspberries, peach, and sometimes when they put mango spicy stuff into it, man. I embrace that. It's okay. <laughs> I get, so I get, I get, the get with fruit. I get those slushes. They had that one, I want to say it was uh, maybe Baby Shark or Daddy Shark or something. It was like a slush, but it had, uh, it had rum in it. And it was very strong, and I was like, huh. Uh, you, if you go to Wet City, you'll see me in the corner drinking, like, uh, making out with blueberries <laughs> and a beer or something like that. <laughs> I remember my buddy yeah. was like, you've had three of those. What are you, a pirate? How much rum are you going to drink? <laughs> yeah, yeah, good drinks. Uh, so let's see. Um, so so you, you touched on it earlier that you've done the butcher stuff. You've done, you've a fishmonger, a cheesemonger, you, the manager. How how have you incorporated like bringing all of those different experiences into what you do here? I, I have an idea of what that answer is based on us talking, but for those uninitiated, kind of kind of talk about having all of those skills and bringing them into what you're doing at this point. Yeah, um, I'm in I'm in my late 30s now. I'm, I'm 38, um, and I started hustling since I was probably 16. Uh, I work in Nordstrom's, I work in Whole Foods, Giant, uh, uh, car dealerships. Like I did, a, I did a lot of stuff, man. But I, I think that I have really good mentors uh, uh, on my on my early twenties to my late thirties um, in Whole Foods, in Apple USA, Giant. Uh, people that really took their time to like tell me how how systems, how how respect, how. Uh, good leadership should look like. So um, I did a lot of a, a lot of listening, a lot of looking, learning, see how stuff are done, see how other stuff are should not be done. And 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 I mean, it, I got the chance to start doing it in Clavel with 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 Lane and our families. But but yes, man, it's just, it's everything. It was it was something I will say curiosity for myself and, 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 and the will of learn because I was by myself here. Uh, I, didn't want, I didn't want to be a burden in my family or my br brother So because I was responsible for myself and he was responsible for himself. So I always wanted to succeed and not, not be a, a rock in somebody's back. So, so it, was, it was a challenge of how can I be better and something that I'm doing, do it the best you can. And if you cannot do it, just be be sincere to yourself that so you cannot do it and, and, and look somewhere else. But I never did that. But I was always trying to when I was in Whole Foods, I was um, I started as a cashier and then I saw a guy 
doing a really bad job in the seafood department. And I told him, man, I can cut fish better than him because <laughs> I cut fish in Mexico just for fun. And, and I got a sense of business. And, and he was like, okay, I put you there. And I started going with my creativity. And then I became a manager there. And then they put me to the meat department. Then I became a manager of the meat department. And little by little, and then I told them that I was interested in cheese. And, I was, and they were like, you want to do cheese now? Yeah, do cheese. So always hungry, always trying, yeah, always, <laughs> always trying to, to, to put the most knowledge in, in my brain. So right now I can put them into myself, put them, start investing into myself and to my family and, and, and actually earning for myself and, and, and everything that I, that I think that I did or that I learned to be a good leader and to be a good chef or to be a good jiu-jitsu instructor. So everything correlates to your course, man. I mean, you can be a great cook, but if you don't have a leadership skills, you cannot run a team of 20, 30 people you cannot be a great chef, you know what I'm saying? It, it stops at a point, and, and I think what I'm hearing in that is that you were able to have that interest and end up learning various things that just when the opportunity for Glow popped, it was just like, oh, I know how to do that. I, I know how to do that as well, and I can do that. And, and it wasn't easy. I mean, I'm telling you, I was, I was running a store that was making on, on, on DC, a giant that it was making $1.2 million a week. So I have 150 employees, you know what I'm saying, all the time, uh, working 10 hours a day, really great salary. But, but I wasn't happy, man. I, there was some stuff on, 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 on that industry that, that wasn't making me happy as a person, or, or there was a ladder that I climbed so high, and the next steps were, were, were what I say, floors that's gonna take you more to take, there's gonna be a slowdown in your life, that you were already 20, uh, 29, 30, okay, 32, whatever, uh, and you're already there with, people that are on their 50s, you know what I'm saying? But the next step is gonna be like a district manager or like by regional president. So that takes years on a, on a because they, they are politics, they are. It's like you move really fast and then, and then it's like. So yeah, and, and, and then this came, the, the opportunity with Clavel came. It wasn't easy, it, it took a lot of support. If, I, if, if Claudia, my wife, wasn't with me, I, I mean, if she didn't support me like she did, it would have not happened. I lived on top of Clavel for a year when Clavel was open with a baby. You know what I'm saying? That was not easy. So there were a lot of sacrifices, but you do sacrifices for a reason. I mean, you, that's why it's called a hustle, man. You got to hustle and, and you got to sacrifice. And then you look back and, and if you fucked up, you fucked up. But if you climb the ladder and then you say, look, I struggle and, and, and you start building a little of a, of a history of a legacy that I can go back to my kids. Like, man, me, your, your mom and your dad were, we're in a little room, man, with one bathroom, and, and you were a baby, and we're happy, and, and you know what I'm saying? We hustle, and, and then we went downstairs and have mar margaritas, and then had your sister, you know what I'm saying? So, so it's, it's, it's embracing, embracing that how you do it, but if you cannot do anything, but try your best. Yeah, give, give it the shot, put, put, you yeah. know, put, your, put your ass into try it. Your best. <laughs> give it and don't lie to yourself. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people that, that oh, I tried my, you really, did, did you really? Did it, you, you, you gotta put it out there, like, even in, in doing this, like, um, you know, there's a bunch of different things that presented itself, a bunch of different weird things that people have said, and, you know, I've tried to, because I've been doing this for 12 years, and 
you know, made this a goal, made this a goal to try to grow this and try different things and really put forth more effort. And really, I want to say during the last year, I haven't really been saying no. I've just been saying, let's just do it and let's see what happens. And to your point, if if you mess up, you mess up, but at least you knew you tried. And that's the thing I told myself when trying to expand and grow in this space. Yeah, people cannot, people cannot talk about accountability without holding themselves accountable first. So if you are calling about accountability and whatever you're calling accountability, like racial injustice, uh, like any, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Look at yourself first. Are you are you practicing what you're saying? Are you preaching what you're saying? Because if you're not, the first thing that you should be protesting is to yourself in the mirror. And then when you're in peace with yourself, then start trying to project it to others with positive energy. What, what was that thing? Don't throw uh, rocks at a glass. How was that whole thing? Yeah. No. Yeah, man. It's, it's, it's yeah. I mean, I mean, it's hard to 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 hold yourself accountable to the standards that you want to hold other people accountable. Because you, you, yeah. you, it's hard to turn the mirror back on you. It's like, yeah, you go crazy, I can man. see man. everyone yeah, else, no, but I can't I see can myself. See you know you're doing that same bullshit, right? It's, it's, it's crazy. Being hard with yourself is, uh, I try to be hard with myself, and it's hard for my family, it's hard for myself, it's hard for my friendships. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm not an easy guy. Sometimes it's like, I seem a little cocky, but yeah, but, but it's, it's, it's just accountability in a sense of reality that if I want to talk the talk, I got to stand the stand and, and, and stem to what I say and what I believe. You know what I'm saying? If I don't have that, what do I have? Be congruent with your values. Like, if yeah. this is what matters to me, then do it. Otherwise, you're bullshitting. Yeah, the only thing that you're gonna take when you die is myself, and, and that's it, homie. It's like not, nothing, nothing material. And that, and that's and it's kind of one of those things where some people run into that, and I've you know things have changed in moving up in this this podcast pursuit and doing it with that that interest or whatever the thing that you're you're driving at, right? And I've heard different things. Oh, you're, you're you're so hard to get along with, and I was like, because I'm driving towards something, and I was like, I'm very clear. Don't get in the way. Just, just, you know, just, this is what I'm doing. Get, don't get in the way. Just give forth the same effort or don't get in the way. Yeah, like, like I say, it's be kind to people. Don't be rude to people. But uh, there's some sensitive people, man. There's, some, uh, there's a lot of sens- sensitivity on the, on the atmosphere right now. But uh, truth hurts, man. Yeah, but as you said, you, you, you do, it, do it with love and caring and yeah. respectful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I got a few, a few more questions before we wrap up here because we're, we're getting into it. We're getting into <laughs> it. Um, so let's talk about Guardian a little bit. Um, so Guardian, what, what, what is it? What, what um, do we got? Guardian is uh, uh, a passion of, of one of my brothers, uh, Ben Kovac, and myself and a lot of people surrounding our jiu-jitsu uh, community. Um, Jiu-Jitsu is um, it's a sport that puts you into places that no other sport does because uh, somebody looking to choke you, somebody looking to break your arm, it's always somebody looking to take you down and control you. And uh, as humans, we don't take control. We don't take control. Our brain doesn't take control well. Uh, so Jiu-Jitsu puts you in places that, that other, other sports don't put you. Our team sports don't do it. Boxing doesn't do it. MMA doesn't do it. Because they, you cannot train those sports 100%. Meaning I cannot go and, and train boxing with you to 100%. Because if I train 100% every time I go sparring, I'm going to go... I, it's something wrong with my brain. It's going to go and I'm going to be coherent in 10 years. Okay? Jiu-Jitsu, you can tap. I can go and try to choke you until I put you unconscious, but you have, you can tap. You know what I'm saying? I can try to break your arm and you can tap. So that gives you the ability of going 100% in two humans, female or male, 
male or female, male and male, male and female, can go 100% and have the ability of tap and using techniques. Why are we passionate? Because it changes your thinking, it makes you humble. And, and, and not everybody, okay, you can have some people that love jiu-jitsu still, they're still pretty bad people, but, uh, but, but it brings other, other, other it, it makes you, like I was telling my, my kid the other day, it's okay to fear, but it's not okay to panic, you know what I'm saying? So you never wanna panic, so you can teach kids that, okay? You can teach a kid when, when a guy, when you're in the street and, and, and somebody attacks you and they pin you down and they point, no, it's not the time. You can, be, you can be fearful for what's going on, but you have to control those feelings to start escaping, to get away. Uh, when, when somebody's giving pressure to you that you admire or like somebody that, that you think is the greatest person comes with something shady or something, it's pressure, it's mental pressure. You start dealing with kids right now, they don't have a lot of people that, that this, the guidance, they don't have people at home. That's, that's just the, the era that we live in. Parents are working and they're not at home. So why do they have other friends? other circles, uh, they're not as strong as the circle they should be at home. So, so Guardian is that place that we wanna be. We wanna be a mentorship program without having the big brother commitment. Meaning that you, if you enjoy jiu-jitsu, you can come and do jiu-jitsu, and you membership is tax deductible, 501c3 donation, to help us have kids. Right now we have nine kids downstairs of Guardian doing free jiu-jitsu, we give them uniform, they come here, the parents sit down, seize them, we get them tired, they go home, they learn how to defend themselves, they learn how to, how to um, self-evaluate surroundings, okay? They, they learn how to deal with their feelings when they feel pressure, when they feel anything, so, and, and, and more important, they, they start embracing their community, man. I wanna have uh, uh, people from the Hopkins side, from people from the bridge, and Nisai and their kids here rolling. Everybody has issues, they different issues. Doesn't mean because you have money, your kid doesn't have worse issues than the kid that doesn't have money. We all face the different issues at different levels, but they still issues that affect us as humans. So that's what I want to have here is is is, is Jiu-Jitsu helped me a lot and and, and and with Guardian is the only way that we can put it through the community and and what needs what range of people need the most help in Baltimore is our youth, our kids, man. From four to, to 17, 18, I'm trying also to do a program for kids over, over 20, 25, because I think it's very irresponsible uh, claiming an adult when you're at 20, 21, five, when you need the most. Well, probably, well, I talked to you probably 10 minutes ago about how the mentors on my 20s were so important. But when you don't have a mentor and you have a corner or you have a group of friends or the same people of the same age, there's no developing there, okay? I, I find talking to people who, because people either think I'm either, once I tell them how old I am, they're like, oh shit. And I was like, I'm 36. And you know, people think I'm younger than that, but I find myself having these conversations with these 20 somethings. And then I do that thing and it's like, yo, we, there's a lot of pressure for you to have this shit figured out at like 22, 23. And it's like, I knew nothing then. And then just think about that, like, Myself, I said, I said earlier too, I'm a privileged Mexican because I have private education and, and I, have, I have a great family that, that raised me and then I had great mentors, but just think about growing in a, in a city, like even in my city, in Culiacán, Sinaloa, without, my, without my, the virtues that I had, it would be pretty hard. I wouldn't have the doors open like they open for me 
the same thing in Baltimore. I always, every time that somebody asks me, why do I like Baltimore? It resembles my city. It's a city that, that, that struggles. It's a city that, that needs support, but the support it comes within the community. And I'm part of the community as, as I be doing the same thing in Culiacán, in, in my city in Mexico. I will embrace in the community because my family did that, you know what I'm saying? So what is Guardian is, is, is a reach out of me and Ben uh, of, to the community of what we enjoy the most and is Jiu-Jitsu. So what helped me the most or the things that has helped me and shaped me to the men that I am, I've been doing it 14 years. What better way to do it to, to show you and embrace it to you? And, and like the, the, the food, man, is the same thing. It's, I had the same enjoyment. Like when I go downstairs and I see kids trying to do judo throws and, and double, double leg takedowns and, and going to an arm bar, that makes me happy because I know if somebody picks at them in school, they can say, hey, stop messing with me. And then if they mess with them again, say, hey, no, please, man, stop. But then when they get physical, these kids are gonna be able to take it down Okay, control the situation, tell him, hey, if you don't chill, I'm gonna choke you, man. Or if you don't chill, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pin you down until the teacher comes or the police comes. And then I th we tell him all the time, get up, stretch a hand, pick him up, and then what, what happens? You have a friend. But if you get the kids, like a lot of people talk about boxing and stuff like that. If you answer violence with violence, you only get violence. Okay, but if you answer violence with control and dominance, and you are mature enough to tell the person to stop, get up, and say, if you don't stop, I'm gonna take you down, dominate you again, but I don't wanna do that, can we become friends? And then you pick them up and let them go? That's, that's very different. It's, it, to, to me, the way that you're describing it, and I've never heard it described in that way, but it makes a lot of sense, it's, it's like a, a version of problem solving to me. It's like advanced problem solving, and then that is that is jujitsu is like a chess. It's a chess match. It's a it's a one person doing a move, and the other child, the other person countering the move to get a better position on the person. So ultimately, what we can do is put someone in a Google plot array, and then get like a margarita. Is that what you're describing? <laughs> <laughs> um, and you actually touched on one of my last uh, one of my last questions, actually. Um, so I guess the, the final question I have before we get to shameless plugs and all of that good stuff, um, any, any final thoughts um, of just, just Baltimore and like just what, what you think people should know about Baltimore for those listening? Because we, we have people who are from here that listen and we have people who are from out of, outside of Baltimore who have no idea what's going on. Like earlier you made a comparison to Baltimore and to your hometown and like people wouldn't think that that's a comparison. So that would be something new for people. But what would be your thoughts if someone's like, tell me about Baltimore? Um, uh Baltimore is a raw city. I would say it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a city that is very. What I mean with raw is very in touch with its community, and 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 it's not easy to live into, but it's joyful to live into because the struggles I think brings strength in cities too, uh, um, because we're humans. I mean, uh, when when humans struggle, it's natural for us to, to, to get together and become stronger. That's what I believe. Uh, but I think Baltimore is a, is a city that you have your pockets of community and your pockets of friendships and the pockets of artists, the pockets of cooks, uh, of creatives or entrepreneurs uh, that, that, that is, is new to, to this generation. And, and, and it's embracing. It's good because you see change. This is a city you can come and make a change. If you're a person that, 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 you, that you're looking to make a change of an impact and, and, and you 
have a good vibe. I think Baltimore is a great city to do that, to have opportunities and to actually, if you have a passion, that you can project into another people in a positive way. So, so I think I think of Baltimore when I said about their relation between Culiacan and and in Baltimore, it's a very uh, friendly. Uh, a community-oriented city, uh, small. <laughs> I like small towns. Okay, okay. it's a city, small city, small town. It has his good stuff. It has his bad stuff, but but there is always a face. Oh, it's like or oh, O's hat, <laughs> or like you know what I'm saying. Like that when I ever go to a to a stadium of baseball, I'm a big uh, baseball fan, and and you go, I don't know, to Boston, and then you when they. Oh, with like, oh, there's somebody from Baltimore. So, yeah, man, it's, 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 it's a beauty of the small cities, and I think Baltimore has that beauty. And, and why? Because I think that the community embraces each other. And, and I think the, the, how would I say, the, the system, the failures of the system, people have embraced to become stronger as a community. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes it takes something bad to happen to people to start something good. So hopefully... As, as we come as a pandemic, we just see the city becoming better and, and better and, and, and embracing our, our, our ethnicities because it's a beauty. I come from the Tacoma Park, Silver Spring area. I went to Blair High School, which it was 25% Asians, 25% black, 25% Hispanic, and 25% white. It was one of the, the most mixed uh, 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 high schools in the area. So I see Baltimore like that, and, 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 and as, as it grows and it becomes better, I don't want it to lose that. So That's, that's great. Um, and I think that's that's very well said. So, uh, last thing I got, last thing I need from you, uh, where, where uh, Clavel, lo- location, uh, social media, all of that good <laughs> stuff. Plug away, plug, uh, plug, plug. Uh, so yeah, uh, uh, bar, uh, it's bar Clavel, uh, bar underscore. Uh, Clavel, we are at uh, 225 on uh, West 23rd Street in, in Remington, pink corner. You cannot miss it. It's a pink building in the middle of nowhere. Uh, come, come enjoy the food, enjoy the drinks, enjoy the staff. Uh, we we all do it with a lot of passion and love. Uh, two doors down on Huntingdon, we have Guardian. It's a 501c3 where we provide free jiu-jitsu, free uniform for kids, 4 to uh, 17. Um, um, I... And that's it. Come to Baltimore. Enjoy it. Uh, uh, nothing else. Enjoy the good food and the good vibes. Yeah. So um, thank you. Um, so for, for, for Carlos Raba, thank you so much. Thank you, man. My pleasure, man. Always. I'm Rob Lee saying that there's art in and around Baltimore. You just got to look for it.